the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Huge show, huge show today. You're going to love every moment of it. Uh, So much to talk about, including Judge Janine Pirro. The very famous, you know, people know her as the Fox TV host, but Judge Janine Pirro was really well known in uh, political circles because she had been elected at a very young age as a district attorney, then I think elected as a judge. She did serve as a judge. I think it was elected. She ran for U.S. Senate at least once, didn't win that, uh, but it was a real big character, big, you know, kind of name and also a big personality like she has on TV. People know her for her um, work on TV now, and she's got a new book out. We'll talk with her about, you know, as you all know, people love to come on and talk about their book. Her book is called Don't Lie to Me and Stop Trying to Steal Our Freedom. Judge Janine Pirro will be with us in a little bit later on the program, and uh, that'll be fun to catch up with her. It's been, we we made some mistakes in terms of timing. She and I both and missed her a couple times. Uh, also, we'll catch up with Adam Mill. Uh, the question he asks at AmericanGreatness.com is, why doesn't it feel like Joe Biden is winning? People keep saying he's going to win, but doesn't feel like it. So we'll talk to Adam Mill about that. But first, what you need to know. Let me give you an update. What you need to know. That's W-Y-N-K, Wink. What you need to know. The Daily Wink. You can get that at go to ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up. The email comes into your email box every weekday morning at 5 a.m. Pacific time. Bam! You get what you need to know. The Daily Wink. Daily Wink coming in. You also can go on Periscope, which is Twitter's video function, and twice a day. Now there is Wink in the Morning. Wink in the morning that it's at 9.45 East Coast time, 6.45 West Coast time. Wink in the morning, about a three to five minute update I give you on what's important, what's happening, what's going on, what's your wink in the morning. And also then every afternoon, I do about a 15 minute wink in the afternoon and we cover a lot of ground. But what you need to know, this is the main one. This is the big one. This is the one I build up for, I work hard on and I get ready for. And that is to talk to you. Uh, by the way, this uh, t- uh, the most recent wink in the morning, which is up on social media is um is what um the uh facebook and uh, new york times is doing we'll get to that in terms of their coverage of the situation so all right today is what you need to know let me let me walk you through the most important the important part of this um facebook today and Twitter later on. Facebook in the last 24 hours, let's say it that way, because I'm not sure of the timing of it. And in the last about 36 hours, Twitter did the same. Since the Hunter Biden story broke, Facebook and Twitter decided to say, well, we can't allow our participants to share those stories about Hunter Biden and his computer and his drug use and his uh, father's involvement uh, because it's not verified. Uh, What? It's in the New York Post. I mean, the New York Post has a bit of an angle, but it's not the National Enquirer, and it's certainly not like Drudge. You know, it's a it's a long-standing newspaper and has real columnists, real editorials, real news. And why won't Facebook allow people to share those posts? Feels like one answer, and the answer it feels like, they're trying to put their finger on the scale. 
They're trying to put their finger on the scale when it comes to the election. Because, yes, it's only three weeks from the election. And, yes, you expect October surprises. And, yes, if you're Donald Trump four years ago, you get the October surprise of the Billy Bush video. And you say, well, that's pretty bad. It turns out not to matter. And and maybe, you know, a week and a half ago, the president gets the tax return, uh, supposed tax return. We never got to see it. You know, to leak. Well, in this case, turnabout's fair play. It turns out that Hunter Biden left a computer at a computer repair shop, never picked it up. Years later, the computer repair owner said, well, this wasn't picked up the way the law works. I'm going to give this over to someone. He gave it to Rudy Giuliani. And here we are off to the races. So I'm I'm all for anyone who wants to question the timing and question what Rudy's doing. That's fair. But if the New York Post is writing an article and it's saying who said what it's you know the atlantic monthly wrote a piece a month ago and had four unnamed anonymous sources and they said all said that trump said something trump denied it his staff denied it people around him denied it this is one about the military and they still ran it and they all ran it in this case the new york post says hey here's the computer here's the data on the computer here's the chain of custody hunter drops it off computer man has it hunter never picks it up he hands it over to rudy you can dispute whether that's ethical you can dispute the timing those are fair but you can't say it's not news the, the biden campaign did not say that's not a real computer that's not real photos so why is it Facebook and Twitter are holding back? The answer is they're putting their finger on the scale. They're putting their thumb on the scale. And it's pretty bad. It's pretty rotten. And you have to say to yourself, and I, you know, I'm going to talk with um, John Schlafly. has got a new column out this week. I think we'll talk with him tomorrow. But one of the things he's talking about is 1948 when Truman upset Dewey and everyone thought Dewey would win. Dewey was coasting. He wasn't campaigning hard. Truman was campaigning hard. Sam sounds like the opposite, right? Biden is coasting. Everyone's telling him he's going to win. And Trump is campaigning three times a day, three rallies at airports and rah, rah, rah. But I, I, my argument to John Schlafly is Truman didn't have the media aligned against him with such power. Truman didn't have big tech aligned him with such power. And Missouri's U.S. Senator Josh Hawley wrote a letter immediately to Facebook and immediately to Twitter and said, why are you guys putting your thumb on the scale? And we're going to get to the bottom of this. Now, I don't have any thought that he'll get to the bottom of it before the election, but at least somebody's immediately jumping on this. And, um, and away we go. Now, two more observations of what you need to know. Number one... Amy Coney Barrett continues to move forward towards her confirmation. And as I told you a day ago, two days ago, I said Amy Coney Barrett is a running mate for Donald Trump. It's Mike Pence and Amy Coney Barrett are the two running mates for Donald Trump. And what I meant by that is she's going to be in the news until the Thursday before the election. That's October 29th. And my example of that is I walked to the corner store uh, earlier and when I got there, I looked for the uh, newspaper rack and there was the Washington Post on top, the Washington Times next, the New York Times below that and the Wall Street Journal below that. All four papers had above the fold photographs of the very photogenic uh, Amy Coney Barrett and basically saying there she goes or whatever, you know, everything. It, 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 over and over, the message is going to be Trump picked a bright, talented, attractive mom um, who, who's qualified, who seems smart, who seems decent and all that. It's a huge, huge bonus for him. It continues to be a bonus for him. I don't think you can underestimate the power of that bonus, the, the Amy Coney Barrett thing. I don't think you can uh, uh, quantify it. I really don't. I think it's much bigger than people realize. And the last thing you need to know, what you need to know today, earlier on the Hunter Biden story, 
we had a situation where Maggie Haberman, who is a very well-known New York Times reporter, I used to see her periodically when I was a contributor at CNN. Not a very friendly lady, actually. Uh, Not very friendly at all. But she has... Unique amongst all the journalists, access to President Trump. It has from the very beginning. She knew him before he ran for president, and then during the campaign, he regularly called her. She's able to talk to him. She has huge access, and it's a boon for her. When you see a byline with her name, generally she's gotten some insight. So you have to watch for that. Well, this morning she tweeted the New York Post story and said something like, this seems questionable. She was immediately attacked by the left. They said, how can this is outrageous? How can you do this? How can you do this? This is terrible. You can't do that. This is terrible. You're betraying the the truth. He's a a monster. She then later on and tweeted a few other things saying, you know, (laughs) trying to critique the credibility of the New York Post. But here's what I want to tell you. The New York Times, Maggie Haberman, many others, they've made a living, a big living, a lot of money off of Donald Trump. If they're honest, they want Trump to win. They like these high times when they're the opposition party. NBC is giving Donald Trump uh, on Thursday evening an hour in prime time to do a town hall on the same the same hour that Biden is doing a prime time hour on ABC. And people are yelling, NBC is mean. I mean, NBC is giving a terrible person an hour. NBC likes the ratings. You know, a couple days ago, you see the clip of CNN's Wolf Blitzer, who said to Nancy Pelosi, why aren't you getting the COVID funding for people? They need the help. She said, we'll take care of it. You don't understand, Wolf. You've been carrying water for the Trumps. Wolf said, I I don't know what you're talking about. She said, we take care of our citizens. And he said, I've seen your citizens begging for food on the streets. And here's my here's my point is that the 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 reality of big media, CNN, NBC, New York Times, Washington Post, they need Trump to win. They can't go back to normal. They need a a third of the country agitating and rushing to them. And watch me and hear what I'm saying. The Biden fade is beginning. He will be fading. And suddenly, New York Times had a lengthy piece. I'll talk about this tomorrow, uh, analyzing different details. Details that matter. Pennsylvania, more than 40 percent more Republican registrations for voting than the Democrats in the last year. That's a huge deal. It's a huge indication. So what you need to know is the Biden fade is coming and the media is switching sides because they really like the action. They like the money. They like the action. They like the attention. And uh, they want Biden. They want Trump to win a second term. All right. We're going to have to go. We'll come back. We'll talk with Janine Pirro, Judge Janine Pirro, about her new book. And then we will also visit with Adam Mill. Her book, by the way, is Don't Lie to Me by Judge Janine Pirro. Take a quick break. Be right back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Uh, Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great privilege. I've been waiting to talk to her, Judge Janine Pirro, who has, uh, well, she's had it all, just not all at once. That's a phrase that Phyllis Schlafly used. She's been a judge. She was a district attorney. She was a legal commentator. She's written a number of books. Of course, she hosts Justice with Judge Janine. She's got two children. She's got dogs. I think it's somewhere I read she even has has had a pet pig. I mean, she's had it all. So welcome, Judge Janine. How are you? Good, thank you. Actually, I had two pigs, and that really had its genesis. And <laughs> me being a working mother and trying cases, and you know, my, reading Charlotte's Web to my kids, and they said, "Mommy, can we right. have pigs?" I, I said, "Absolutely." So my kids had pigs. But it's good to be with you. Thank you. <laughs> 
Great, great to be with you, and thank you for being on. Okay, this is the question. Before we get to your book, which is called Don't Lie to Me and Stop Trying to Steal Our Freedom, which we'll talk about just out a few weeks ago, Judge Janine, the late Phyllis Schlafly, for whom I worked, said one of the most important things for her was that she had run for office. She ran for Congress. Actually, she ran twice and lost. But when you're a candidate, you understand politics and politicians differently. You were a candidate for office as well as serving as a judge on the bench, which is, in this case, they overlapped. Talk about what it was like to be a candidate and how you see politics differently because of that. Well, look, I ran for office five times in New York State where it's a blood sport. And trust me, I have the scars to prove it. But look, I ran for office to be district attorney and, and, and won. I was the first woman. The same with judge and won. Uh, but being a politician, you know, requires a certain amount of wheeling and dealing. Uh, I was fortunate enough that I didn't do it. I didn't have to do it because I was running for a job that was to be the chief law enforcement officer of a county, so there were no deals to be made, and then to be a county judge, so there were no deals to be made. When you run for the legislature, I mean, you've got to state your position very clearly so people know what to expect from you when you get into office. And so Phyllis, you know, Shaffley, I mean, she was someone who clearly understood politics, and she understood the importance of power in politics. For me, it was more, I have the credentials, and this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. We're talking with Judge Janine Pirro. Okay, the book is Don't Lie to Me and Stop Trying to Steal Our Freedom. And and as I was reading the the descriptions uh, and reviews of it, I like to read what the reviewers come in and try to rip people apart. It's always it's it's torture to watch if you're the author, author, but it's it's interesting to see the angles they try to take. But, you know, uh, Judge Janine, you saw this up close from your TV show, too. The enemies against this president, you know, the people who try to lie and distort and and really damage him. I mean, I know we've seen nothing like it, but it doesn't feel like they've been held accountable well and that's a disappointment because as i was saying prosecutor judge da for three decades uh and i believe in law and order and i believe in justice i believe that lady justice is blind but if there is no Mm -hmm. accountability for all those involved in that fisa warrant application as well as the continuing uh warrants as well as the clinton uh, foundation which was nothing more than an organized criminal enterprise parading around as a 501c3, then I will have lost faith in the system and I will have wasted three decades of my life fighting for truth and justice. But it's even worse than that. I talk about this, don't lie to me. It's even worse because now what we have are criminals who are being arrested by police, but then are being let out because there's no more bail. Everybody's released on their own recognizance. DAs are now being elected with socialist George Soros money who don't believe that, uh, I'm sorry, I'm in New York City, who don't believe that uh, people should be held accountable. So as a result uh, of... Yeah. Keep going. Sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. No, keep going. I apologize. I wasn't sure if you were stopping. Yeah, keep going. So that people are not held accountable when you've got DAs who are elected with socialist money who don't believe in incarceration. And we're seeing that through the pandemic and the protests where people are burning down buildings and burning down businesses. Look, this is what the left wants. They want us in our basements. They want to open the borders, defund the police and take away our guns. Well, I'm not into that because that's my those are my (laughs) constitutional rights. And the First Amendment now is being seen as nothing more than shutting people down who don't agree with you. And if you say something that's not politically correct, then you can lose your job. You know, if, if you try to go to church or synagogue during this pandemic, 
You've got leftist governors and mayors who want to shut you down. But you can go out and buy weed and you can buy all kinds of alcohol. You can protest in the tens of thousands, but you cannot. You absolutely cannot go to church. This isn't the America that my father fought in World War II for. This is an America that the leftist socialists want. We're talking with uh, Judge Janine Pirro and her book, by the way, it's published by Center Street. You can find it wherever you find books. I mean, she's her, her stuff is everywhere, but it's called Don't Lie to Me and Stop Trying to Steal Our Freedom. Now, you know, in there you say something like, if you see what the president has done, how can you vote against him in 20, November 2020? It's kind of how I feel. Uh, you know, if you look at promises made, promises kept, he did what he said. He, he said what he was going to do. He did what he said as much as he could. He had to fight the swamp. And yet here we are between the, the pandemic and the media, it's just a tough slog in America. How do you feel we are three weeks away from the election in terms of where we're going to end up? Well, I'm hoping, that, of course, that Donald Trump is elected, because if you think about how well you were doing a year ago, you can't help but yeah. be, you know, uh, believe that the economy was great. We're not worried about someone chopping our heads off like ISIS. Uh, you know, he brought yeah. the, uh, the the embassy to Jerusalem just like he said he would. Look, he's a winner. And this pandemic has done nothing but create chaos and anarchy by those who hate America. They Even when they, they, they dedicate street areas to Chop and Chaz, these people are anti-American. They even say it. They don't believe in law and order. Well, we will turn into Venezuela if they get their way. And socialism is creeping its way into America. And if they have their way with all these late mail-in bail, uh, ballots with judges yeah, saying you can right. count them after the election, that's what I'm worried about. Does Donald Trump win fair and square? Absolutely. But we'll see what happens in the end. Well, we're talking to Judge Janine Pirro, and, and as, you, as you alluded to in your in early in this, that you're, you were a district attorney first, so you were a prosecutor first, then a judge, and uh, and then you've been a candidate. So you've seen on sort of every side of it, prosecuting judges and being a candidate. How bad is this election fraud, election chaos set up to be? I mean, we've we basically have in in what thirty states mail in ballots and judges. Obama's appointed judges saying, you know, keep counting, don't keep counting. I mean, it looks like, as you point out, the left is setting up chaos. I I don't see how we stop it. Well, you know, I I don't know how it's going to stop, and I suspect there'll be some very difficult periods in the next few weeks. But the the truth is people have to volunteer to be poll watchers. We've got to make sure that, uh, you know, the left doesn't show up with a pickup truck with ballots in it, just like they did in Florida. Look, they are determined yeah. to take power away, and that's why I wrote Don't Lie to Me. They keep lying about everything. Everything is a lie. Joe Biden is nothing more than a Trojan horse for the left. And when he talks about the Harris administration, and Kamala Harris talks about the Harris administration, maybe you ought to believe people <laughs> when they tell you who they are. It's scary. Yeah. Very scary. It is. I- uh, one more question, Judge Janine Pirro. The book is Don't Lie to Me and Stop Trying to Steal Our Freedom from Center Street. But one more question. You've known Donald Trump for decades, right? I mean, for a long, long time. What's your favorite Trump story, You and tr- your interaction with Trump? Well, you know, uh, in 30 years, I mean, the guy is the most polite person. I mean, people stop him on the street. He takes time. But, you know, the thing that really shocked me is is that what I remember when his kids were having a bit of a tip on the plane. We were flying down to Florida and he said, that's it. Nobody gets their allowance anymore. And when he would say, we're going to Kmart to buy school supplies. And I was like, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, Donald Trump goes to Kmart to buy school supplies. You know, he's a regular guy. He's a good guy and he's a generous man. 
And the fact that he would take on this fight with incoming every day, and he's done more for the religious right, he's done more for Christians and, and, and understanding the Judeo-Christian ethics, making sure that, you know, this third-term abortion lunacy that we've got in this country is not continued with three stalwart judges to the United States Supreme Court. This judge, this, this president has done more for the religion, uh, the Judeo-Christian religion, than any other president in American history. It is it is amazing. All right. The book, again, is Don't Lie to Me and Stop Trying to Steal Our Freedom from Judge Janine Pirro. And, uh, of course, you'll, you'll see her all over commentating her TV show and everything else that she's doing. Thanks for the time and for what you were doing. We appreciate it very much, Judge. Thank you. Take care. Bye. All right. Well, all right. Bye now. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is an old friend, Adam Mill, who is uh, an attorney. That's his nom de guerre, nom de plume. And uh, he is an attorney in uh, Missouri area. And he writes over to American Greatness. Very good writer and very insightful. He wrote a piece a few days ago, which I had uh, fla- uh, flagged. And I thought, uh, this one i got to talk to him about. So we finally got it together. Welcome back, Adam. But this, So the title of this one is, Why Doesn't It Feel like Biden is winning. And uh, and this is the question. You know, I just uh, I have to say, I've asked others, you know, you don't see the signs of it. I mean, literally, there's yard signs. You don't see the people attending. And yet, is the polling that much better than a lot of the usual things that you see? Are we in a different world? What is it? Why, do, why doesn't it feel like it? So, Adam, why is it what doesn't feel like Biden is winning? Well, I think that if we if we remember back to 2016, there are a lot of reasons to uh, wonder whether the polling is being done accurately or not. Um, I mean, there are a lot of factors in play. It's not just trying to convince the uh, the undecided people, the you know the elusive undecided independent, but also it's turnout too, right? I mean, if there's if the Trump people crawl over broken glass and uh, and brave COVID and riots uh, to come vote, and they turn out at at seventy percent. Well, you know all of the Antifa uh, Z generation types. You know they they're not used to voting, and they're just not going to turn out quite as much. And so the turnout is it could be the key, uh, and it's possible that the polling is not take uh, is not sensitive to that. But you know, just imagine if you shut off all the polling, you didn't pay any attention to these uh, scientific, uh, you know, five thirty eight predictions where there's 91% chance that Biden would win. Forget the betting markets, forget the pundits, and just look around at what you can see. Watch what the Biden camp is doing, and it just doesn't look like Biden is winning if you, if you, if you close your eyes to what we're being told. And I name a couple of examples. One of them is, uh, why does Biden keep changing message? Uh, why, does, you know, why does he keep uh, uh, whipsawing? between, you know, mail-in ballots, good, mail-in, no, no, vote in person, uh, you know, wait until the last minute, vote uh, vote early. Uh, you know, now we're having another change of direction where he's trying to float this idea that uh, Trump is responsible for all the shutdowns and the economic impact of all the shutdowns. So, I mean, I'm old enough to remember that it seemed like only three or four <laughs> months ago we were being told that right. the opposite, that Trump wasn't shutting down enough. And that he was right. going to kill us all by by um, uh, not shutting down. So it's it, it, it's just like that scene in 1984 when they change who they're fighting the war with mid rally, and everyone just yeah. wants to go along with it. They just they don't remember what yesterday was. 
Again, we're talking with Adam Mill, and I mentioned Adam Mill is a uh, is his pen name. He, a Kansas City-based uh, attorney, uh, writes a lot over American greatness, but also the Federalist and Daily Caller. Adam, um, the uh, here's here's one of your points that you make, which I think is important. I want to expand it. Um, you said uh, voters don't vote to ban their new guns. Um, so you know we've got this incredible number of new uh, f- uh, gun owners and number of firearms sold. So you say, well, it's hard to picture a gun owner thinking what I want is more Democrat leadership when they make gun control something they do. Another example of that is I don't know a lot of people. I know a couple. And actually, I think I know one who was a Trump voter in 2016 and is now not. But within the Republican Party, even up to Election Day, I think people were saying, look, he's got about two thirds of Republicans, maybe more. They're worried about Scalia's replacement, all that. Now the polling is 96, 97 percent of all Republicans are with the president. He had no primary. He had no sort of pull away from him being the face of the party. All these judges, all these appointments, all these people that we like, um, those two factors, it doesn't feel though it doesn't that doesn't feel like a a, a guy losing much of his uh, voting you know electorate, the pieces that come together to add to fifty percent plus one. Right. And so to your point, uh, you know imagine that you you are somebody who hated Trump to begin with, and then you slowly kind of start piecing together that some of the things you're hearing in on MSNBC on CNN uh, aren't true. And, you you know, the Russia collusion hoax might have been one uh, uh, blow to that. And there have been others since then that where he's been accused of things that didn't turn out to be true. Then all of a sudden it's like you're seeing it everywhere. You're seeing you're seeing this message getting crammed down your throat uh, when you go through the airport, when you're at family dinners, Mm -hmm. when you're you know, you open up the newspaper in on SportsCenter, on uh, ESPN, everywhere you go, this message is being crammed down your throat. The minute you start to question it, the minute you start to realize that you're not being told the truth, it's really hard to, you know, to, to take the blue pill again. I mean, once you once you see that all that energy going towards trying to paint this picture and that and that they're not telling you the full truth, man, it's really hard to, to, to find your way back to not liking Trump, I think. Well, and and uh, and to your point, um, one of the other points you make, we're talking with Adam Mill and his pieces over at American Greatness a few days ago, and I'll put it up on social media. The other thing is one of the uh, the the uh, points you assert as a factor here is the campaign, and I by that I mean broadly, I would say all the back and forth for this president, but frankly, his whole presidency, and you write it, you write about the campaign is full of toxic political correctness. In 2016, you may remember, I do vividly, people weren't, they were unimpressed that you backed, uh, that anyone backed Trump. They thought, that's silly, he's a clownish character, why would you bother, he's this, he's that. But it wasn't like now. Now they've made it, and the word is toxic. It's toxic to say publicly that you've, that you're for the president, that you, and so, Who's telling anybody that? Pollsters, anybody else? I just I think that's a factor that's actually people don't realize it's not trendy in America. To this is amazing to say out loud. It's not trendy in America to say you support the president. It's just not trendy. So that's tox that toxicity is changing a lot of what we see. And I wonder, Adam. If you're going to see that most in places you don't expect, African American voters, um, the uh, gay, uh, the gay, the gay um, rights movement, or the you know gay uh, kind of uh, blocks of voters, different groups that may be like, hey, we're never going to say this out loud, but we're going to vote this way. What do you think of that? 
Oh, there are definitely stats to back up what you're saying, Ed. Uh, I mean, first of all, the uh, uh, gay men are now uh, reportedly supporting Trump at 45 percent. African-Americans, he is now getting, you know, Reagan-esque levels of support among African-Americans, particularly the younger African-American men are becoming just disgusted by this whole, um, uh, you know, enterprise of all African-Americans have to vote uh, for Biden or else they're not black. Uh, you know, Kamala Harris is not resonating with the African-American community. And I think that also you're missing the blue collar, uh, you know, the old union vote that used to turn right, out in Pennsylvania, right. um, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan. Uh, those guys, I don't think, are, are ter- terribly enamored with the um, uh, with the Democratic Party. And those are the kind of people who, you know, they, they, they just don't do well. And I'm, I'm including African-Americans in this. They don't do well with a censorship environment where it's, you know, they have to lock down everything they say and run it through their own little private filter. Uh, nobody likes that. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it's worse now than ever. You can get fired now for just not supporting BLM. I mean, there are companies that are requiring people to, you know, raise their hands in that special salute and, uh, you know, maybe wear BLM attire or, you know, work under a BLM logo where they where they work. And if they don't, you know, cheerlead this, uh, they can get fired. Well, that that is very suffocating. And I, I do think that, you know, that's you're right. I think that scares people away from admitting that to pollsters. But once they get into the voting booth, um, you know, they they will want to they will want to uh, strike a blow against that kind of suffocating censorship. You, you know, I'll put the piece up and there's one more one more piece I'll put on there. You refer to great upheaval in our population and, the you know, the, I think there's, you know, middle class leaving urban areas, all kinds of things that are happening. But I, I, I want to ask you this as an observer. Um, you have um, what do you do when you see the president get um, uh, get COVID and get better? And now he's laying out his uh, his campaign rallies, and it's like it's insane. It's like three a day starting, I think tomorrow or the next day. Or I don't know. Just going one after another. It, that's got to send some kind of psychology, psychological message um, in, in, about how uh, things, you know, how how the pandemic is going. Well, and there is something going on, like right now. I mean, today, in terms of changing the message again. Uh, who uh, World Health Organization and the New York Times have both come out with, uh, you know, these these pieces suggesting that maybe these lockdowns were a bad idea from the beginning. Uh, CDC is coming out with these new um, mortality statistics that, you know, for, for people under 50, uh, COVID-19 is less deadly than, than the common flu. And I think some people are having some buyer's remorse about the just incredible suffering that we've had to engage in. If you have school-aged children, it's particularly bad. I don't know that the Democrats have been successful at shifting all the blame for these school uh, closings onto Trump. I know that's their goal, uh, but it's mm-hmm. never seemed very intuitive to me. But, but you know, it's possible they're going to have some voters punish them at the polls uh, in November. Yeah, I think that's right. I think the president knows that. All right, I got to run. Adam Mill, as always, great to talk to you. And uh, it's a very interesting piece. Uh, why doesn't it feel like Joe Biden is winning uh, over to American Greatness? I'll put it up. We'll talk again soon. I got to run. Uh, it's Ed Martin here on a Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro-family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life, traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, 
Here is Phyllis Schlafly. A major attack has been launched against our Constitution by those who want to fundamentally transform the United States by getting rid of the Electoral College. This plan involves stealing votes on a massive scale. This plot is called the Campaign for the National Popular Vote. It has a lot of big money behind it and highly paid lobbyists who go around asking state legislators to enact identical bills requiring their own presidential electors to ignore the winner of their own state's presidential election and cast all their state's votes for the presidential candidate they think received the most popular votes nationwide. What could be more un-American than to force electors to vote contrary to their own constituents? These people try to make us believe that their system will elect presidents who receive the majority of the popular vote, but that is false. Because of third parties, in most elections, no candidate receives a popular majority and is elected only because he receives a majority in the Electoral College. The elimination of the Electoral College system would make irrelevant the votes of Americans in the smaller states because presidential candidates would zero in on piling up votes in the large population states such as California. If we had had this system in the year 2000, Al Gore would have been elected president because he received more popular votes than George W. Bush. People who pretend that the Electoral College system is undemocratic must be ignorant of the purpose of the U.S. Constitution. The Electoral College recognizes that America is a nation both of people and of individual states. It's time for all Americans to rise up and tell their state legislators to be sure and say no to those who are promoting the campaign for what's called the national popular vote. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. If you're busy taking notes, you can stop now because these commentaries in written form and spoken audio are archived on the website phyllisschlafly.com, many recorded by Mrs. Schlafly herself. If you're doing research or missed a day, just go to phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening and re-listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. By the way, right before we come back, what you hear, that's uh, commentary. Those radio commentaries, you can listen to all of them. I do a, a weekday commentary, three minutes on 400-plus stations across America. Go to phyllisschlafly.com. You can see the Ed Martin daily commentaries there. Uh, you'll enjoy them. Always entertaining. I love doing them. They just take a bunch of work. Uh, I do them ahead of by a month, so you have to sort of predict issues that matter and things people care about. So also go to proamericareport.com uh, and sign up for the Daily Wink, and I uh, appreciate it very much. All right, let's finish up here with a story um, that is, well, it's kind of haunting, it's troubling, on one level it's kind of funny, and that's this. During a couple days ago, during the Amy Coney Barrett hearing, when um, when the um, senator from Hawaii, uh, Senator Hirono, was embarrassing herself and asking dumb questions and all, one of the things she brought up 
was she said that Judge Barrett was mean because she used the phrase um, sexual preference and she should have used the phrase sexual orientation. And Judge Hirono lectured Judge Barrett and said, you offended the LGBTQ community because they have this sexual orientation. It comes from birth and it's not something they can change and sexual preference is an insult. And and in some ways, I guess I know why. Um, If you listen, Judge Barrett apologized. She apologized with that classic apology that people uh, know if you understand these things. She said, I'm sorry if people were offended. I didn't mean to offend them, which means she wasn't really sorry for saying it. She was sorry if people were offended. But anyway, be as it may, here's the thing is crazy. I mean, truly crazy. Forget even about the meaning. I think it's a little bit crazy to say sexual orientation is the only way you can talk about that because it seems to me you can have a sexual orientation and then you can have a sexual preference after that, I think. Um, but anyway, I don't even know. I don't, I don't want to get into that debate. Uh, I think the debate is crazy and it's been made crazy by the gender you know, fluidity movement. But here's the thing that I want to tell you about and, and raise a flag for. Uh, over on Twitter, I noticed Jack Posobiec, our friend at Jack Posobiec, tweeted this story. And the story is that during the day, on the day of Hirona's questions, Webster's Dictionary, the people that run Webster's Dictionary online, they went and they changed the definition of preference uh, and said that there's it is offensive to use that phrase. Now, let me be clear. What they did was they went in after Senator Hirono said it's offensive for you to use the term sexual preference. OK, that's what her assertion was. Maisie Hirono. It, it's a longstanding off- offensive thing. You shouldn't do it. And Webster's Dictionary went in and they changed the definition on their online dictionary and said that sexual preference is offensive when it's used in a way that uh, is, is meant to mean sexual orientation. Now, again, putting aside for a moment who's making the judgment on all these definitions, because that seems to me to be controversial enough. Think about the fact that the Webster's Dictionary, within hours, changed their definition to align with not, I don't know, not the voted consensus of the Senate. I don't know if that would be good either or the Supreme Court statements. But one senator from Hawaii who is, frankly, as my brother would say, he would say about anyone as dumb as she was, as dumb as a box of rocks is the phrase. I'm sure that's politically incorrect. But Senator Hirono doesn't seem smart. She seems very um, unpleasant. And she's very, very liberal, rabidly liberal, in my opinion, on the issues. She's shown that in all these things. So she gets up and in a in a public hearing, she says this is offensive and talks about it in such a way. And Webster's Dictionary changes the definition. They go in and change the definition. Now, think about what that means in terms of the power of what people see what they hear, what they know, what they understand. As I said, if you what the what the big tech companies now, what Webster's Dictionary can can let you see, if they can control what you see, then you are in a position where they're influencing what you know and what you do. As I've said, that see, no, do. That's the, that's the, the to me that's the progression you get. But not again, not um, 
I don't know, not even a president. It wasn't even a president. It was like there, it wasn't like there was a presidential conference on the question and there was, you know, you know, re- debated and studies presented and people commenting and everyone comes up, well, so this is that. And they go, well, well, that's, and they come up with a thing. And so Webster's Dictionary says, well, if the consensus of the community is such, we've heard testimony and other things, we should change that. No. May, uh, Senator Hirono of Hawaii complained and Webster's Dictionary changed. Uh, again, it may seem insignificant to you. What it sa- signifies to me is the power, the power of the culture that demands adherence. That's really Orwellian. That's really, really Orwellian and hard to believe. Okay, well, um, that's what I wanted to bring to you. I, I told you that we had, um, you know, we had last night... The Phyllis Schlafly Collegians. I got a text from one of the listeners saying, where can they see it? It's up on social media. Go to phyllisschlafly.com, phyllisschlafly.com slash collegians, and you can see the replay of it. We did it live uh, last night, and you can see the replay of it. Lots of great guests, Sidney Powell, David Horowitz, Congressman Jim Banks from uh, Indiana, lots of great folks who will be on there. So phyllisschlafly.com slash collegians, and you can uh, watch the show, the uh, 27th annual Phyllis Schlafly Collegian Summit. Uh, we did it virtually this year. It turned out really great. I think you'll enjoy it. So feel free to head over there and track that down. All right. I want to wrap things up, say thank you for listening. As always, please do me a favor and share uh, uh, my um, information around uh, on social media, at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter, Ed Martin Live on Facebook, uh, all over um the internet, any place you can pass it on, would be great on Periscope. I do two a day, two winks a day. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our great technical director, for keeping us on track and on time. And thank you to Joanna for booking our great guests, including and especially today, Judge Janine Pirro. We will be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. I look forward to talking to you then. <laughs>